Simmerdown Sports Talk is back. We got a great episode. We're doing something new today. It is draft season, one of the best seasons that there is. If the NFL draft, as you know, feels like a second Christmas to me, and it probably feels like that for this guy, too. I have a special guest today. His name is Jonathan Clark, uh, and he's got a lot of great insight to talk about, especially about these quarterbacks in the draft, and that's who we're talking about today is that quarterback group. So uh, that being said, we're going to go ahead and start off with Jonathan's quarterback rankings for this draft class, uh, starting at five, working down to number one. Yeah, like you said, Jake, it's uh, this podcast is long overdue. Um, this is something that I know we've been talking about a long time and we've been getting into it a little bit and a little bit. So, uh, yeah, so let's kick this off, man. Let's get this baby going. Uh, I got number so top five quarterbacks in this draft, as we know. We uh we don't have an elite class this year. This definitely isn't like our 2021 draft class where we had Trevor Lawrence coming out and even, um, you know, Zach Wilson coming out, Trey Lance, Justin Field. No, actually, this quarterback class is going to be a step back. So with that being said, like Jake, like you were saying, we got a top five today. And with number five to kick it off, I got Desmond Ritter, quarterback Cincinnati. Now I know what everybody's thinking. Desmond Ritter, would Desmond Ritter even cut it in another draft class? The answer is probably no. He probably wouldn't cut it in another draft class. But for this draft class, Desmond Ritter is going to come in at number five for me. Um, some things I like about Desmond Ritter, man, to start off, uh, the confidence and command that he has on the field that he showed in this season. Uh, you know, that's important. You know, I think that's a thing that goes super underrated. I, I don't know if you can attest to that, Jake. You know, you want a guy that's a leader, especially when it's coming to the NFL. You want a guy that can lead your team can get you guys where you guys want to go, you know, and kind of go above and beyond the mediocrity that Cincinnati was in. 100%. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Right? It's just one of those things where it's like so overlooked. Um, So Desmond Ritter, you know, the confidence and command that he has on the field and not even to mention his athleticism. You know, he has the highest combine grade. Remember, he ran the fastest 40. And I know a lot of people are out there going to say, hey, man, it's just a 40-yard dash. You know, it's just a bunch of guys, they train for this. This is what they do. But he's athletic, man. He's athletic as hell. Um, I've seen a couple comps to him. I've seen the Colin Kaepernick comp, obviously. And I think that comp's coming from the athleticism uh, aspect. Also, along with the uh, aspect that, you know, he's around the same size. 6'3", 211 is a perfect size for NFL quarterback in today's game. And I think it's his windup, too. Um you know, he has that windup that kind of starts from the back. Um, it's not really a, uh, you know, one of those things where he's flowing through it. It's he's he falls flat a little bit. Now, I don't know how to explain that through a recording on here, but that's the best I can do without actual video recording. You just have to see it. It's it's an above. It's a it's a it's a little below average arm. You know, he's not really going to hit the tight windows, you know, because that's what we're dealing with. But one thing that Desmond Ritter did do that second to none is definitely the eyes to look off the safety when he's in the game in real time, you know, and a lot, we've been seeing that a lot and a lot more in today's NFL is that ability to look off the safety and just make that quick, decisive throw, which is exactly what Desmond Ritter was able to do this season for Cincinnati, which is one of the reasons that they probably had one of the better records in college football. Uh, I think that's huge. Um, But Hey, 
there are with some pros, man, in this draft class, there are a lot of more cons, you know. We have the deep ball that falls flat at times, you know, he under the underthrows. You go back and watch some Desmond Ritter tape, you're gonna see underthrows, man. It's just one of those things where it's gonna happen, you know. Uh the average arm that he has that fails to put it in tight windows that you need to have at that next level in the NFL. Remember, these are studs, man. These aren't any more college kids that you're going to be playing against. Um, the slow arm windup that I was talking about before that a lot of people talk about with Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, it comes out sharp, but it's a long windup, man. These guys, we're not talking about college athletes that are, you know, 6'3", 210 or something like that, man. These are NFL players that are going to be a good 6'5", 245 that can move like hell. So that's one of the things that you have to be aware of. Um Another reason Desmond Ritter, one of his biggest cons, in my opinion, is throwing receivers open. That ability to throw receivers open in the NFL is huge. Like, if you can't throw your receivers open in the NFL, or at least try to begin to um, get it better or master that skill, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to have a hard time not only getting a backup job in the NFL, but you're going to have a hard time staying in the NFL without that. Yeah. It's one of those skills, man. It gets super overlooked. The placement and velocity and his throws. Are they NFL ready? Yeah. Are they NFL ready, man? Being able, to throw, being able to throw wide receivers open is something that almost all the top quarterbacks in every draft class is able to do. And uh, Desmond Ritter, he has to be able to do that at the next level. 100% agree with that. Now, that being said, that was way more notes on Desmond Ritter than I have on my paper here. <laughs> and uh, But what I do have on my notes real quick is he can't throw on the run. He throws a great 50-50 fade ball, um, has great touch. I think he can make some tight window throws over the middle, which is uh, something really nice to see from quarterbacks, especially coming out of college. And he's a nice runner. Uh, my comp on him that kind of resonated with me was Marcus Mariota. I never actually yeah. heard the Colin Kaepernick comp uh, until right now. But that's also yeah. an interesting one. Like, I think that is pretty similar as well. So Desmond Ritter, for me, I think I would have to move him up one spot. He would probably be my quarterback four. And wow. my QB four would probably be taken. Uh, I could see him going the late first round. Like, there's there's a, small, there's a chance. But I'm going to say probably leans more second-round quarterback. But I wouldn't be surprised if a team wanted him because of, you know, his combine showing and the traits that he has yeah. put on film and to, to go with the size. If they think he's a great person, he interviewed well, which I think it seems like he did. Um, I'm hearing some super tiny minuscule rumblings that the saints are interested and might be taking him with one of those mid round picks. So Man. maybe you see him go at 16 <laughs> or uh, what is it? 16 Ooh. and 18. It's uh, those two picks 16, for the saints. Yeah. With the trade with the Eagles, uh, uh, trades um, for, picks 16 and 19 in this year's NFL draft. So that could be a spot, but uh, Desmond Ritter, I would say probably a little bit later in the first round is my guess or um, very possible second round. So you got him as a uh, day day one, possible day two guy. Yeah, he could he could be either one. I think it just depends on the teams and uh, how, the, how the quarterbacks are taken before him. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I got here on the notes, on the good old notes. I got him as a day two or three guy, man. I I would be shocked if Desmond Ritter goes in the first round. I would be I mean, shocked. No, I'm not going to say I'm not going to be surprised. I would be a little bit surprised. But 
uh, I can yeah. I can understand why you know he would get taken on day one instead of day two. I got you. Yeah, I got you. All right, moving on to QB four for you, Jonathan. QB four now. Desmond Ritter off the board. A lot of people thought he was going to be a ranked higher, including my guy Jake here. QB4 is actually going to be a surprise. And a lot of people are going to hate this pick. I know it. For me, QB4 comes in at Sam Howell, quarterback wow. from North Carolina. Okay. Now, okay. I hey, I hear that reaction, and I know what you're thinking. Sam, Sam Howell, really? We're really going to take a kid from a basketball school? <laughs> oh. Look, Sam Howell... We have to put aside this last season. I'm not saying we can completely forget it, but we have to look at his season prior. And we have to take a look at his age too. That's one of the that's one of the things that I have for Sam Howell. Is he's just 21 years old, man. He's a young guy. He's not like these other guys like Pickett, who's 24 years old, who is probably the most NFL ready to start. But Sam Howell is one of these guys that, no, he's not going to be a day one guy. He's probably going to be a day two or day three guy, man, even extending to day four. But he's one of those guys that's going to develop uh, some pros on him real quick. He can read the field, man. He, at times, you can see him get to up to his third read, which essentially for a guy like Sam Howell in that division, it's pretty good. You know, that's something that a lot of quarterbacks, they've got to develop a lot better than they've been doing. In the NFL, man, to get your third read is pretty good. You know, multiple arm slot throwing locations is crucial, too. We've seen the sidearm. We've seen a little bit lower at the 90-degree angle. You know, we see the dart throwing from his ear. That's one of the things that Sam Howell, I think, he could bring to the table, man. A lot of people don't. They they undermine this, man. But his red zone value as a runner is pretty good. You see one of these guys direct snap, you know, in that shotgun position. Sam Howell is one of those guys that can get it, man. He can get it. He's, you know, he's thick at 6'1". You know, he has those kind of trunky legs that you see in a guy. And, yeah, like you said, oh, for him to be even on here at number four, just above Desmond Ritter is because I think he had that one season where I think he showed more flashes that are, you know, a little bit better than Desmond Ritter. Um, now, with that being said, like I told you, he's not a day one guy. I, like I told you with uh, Desmond Ritter, I'd be shocked. If Sam Howell was a day one guy, I'd be absolutely shocked. I got him as a day two or three extension of four due to his slow release that he has uh, the ball padding. Now I know a lot of NFL quarterbacks like to pat the ball when they're getting ready. Just, but man, it's a lot about ball padding at times, which leads to unnecessary sacks. He doesn't use his hips when throwing. He's more of a shoulder kind of guy. He's putting all arm throws. And because he's putting those all arm throws and he's putting a lot on his shoulder and he's not putting so much as his hips, that ball is going to fall flat. It's not going to get to the receiver's hand or even his head. It's going to fall a little lower than the waist, sometimes to the knees. And those are balls that are what we like to call in the NFL uh, hospital balls, if you've ever heard of that term before. Like I told you, the ball placement, it's, it's an issue. It causes too many unnecessary sacks for a guy like Sam Howell. But does Sam Howell have a little bit more upside than Desmond Ritter? You know, that's a little bit up for debate. I think that it can be so-and-so. I think Desmond Ritter definitely has a bigger upside. But I think Sam Howell is going to give you a little bit more on day one than any of these other guys would. Or at least him comparing him to Ritter and some of the guys that didn't make it on the list. You know what? I actually agree with you a lot on that running ability. I think that was one of the few positives that came out of that 2021 season was – 
he ran the ball a ton more, and it's because he had to do more because he lost uh, so much talent from the season prior and uh, from that 2020 team when he had all those great weapons around him. So uh, Sam Howell, he's a sneaky good runner. That's one of the top notes I have on him. I also have that he gets the ball out on time and on target. Uh, really, I think he's good throwing down the field and outside the numbers, and he looks for those big throws, which is something that you really like to see from quarterbacks. Um, I think when it comes down to poise, I, he's more of a playmaker, and I can't really necessarily put that term on Desmond Ritter, which is why I have Sam Howell a little bit higher than Sam Ritter as well. I mean, uh, Desmond Ritter. That's why I have – I actually have Sam Howell as my QB3, but you wow. can make – Wow, honestly, honestly, I think you can make the case that he could even go higher. It, I think it, it really could come down to his IQ, uh, how he interviews – and how teams think he fits within the offense, though. And I think the way these quarterbacks fit is going to determine the order of these quarterbacks being taken in the draft. Where do you see him fitting, Jake? Where's he fitting in? When is he, he going? Fitting? Where is he fitting in? Uh, he fits with the Giants. <laughs> no, man. Wow. Uh, I could see the Panthers, maybe. With that early pick or in a later round? Um, you know, that's – really up for debate wow <laughs> I, i'm not wow. i'm not i am not gonna i'm not gonna pound the table for him at six wow. necessarily but i do think he he fits with a, a variety of teams i, I don't think yeah, it's I any he, i don't think it's just pinpointing to a couple teams i think it's a variety of teams but uh in ter- when it, i think poise is a really big factor especially for me and i think with sam Howell, he he definitely has displayed that especially that playmaking ability and just showing that he's a grinder. He'll, he'll get after it. He's not afraid of the moment. I think, I think he'll go make plays when he has to. And that's why I really like him. You know, I think people try to put that Trubisky thing on him a lot more. Oh, Trubisky didn't work out in North Carolina. What makes you think Sam Howell is going to? And that's not really fair, man. No, I think he you has know? a lot more poise than Mitch Trubisky too. I mean, it's, it's such a stupid concept to make that kind of comparison anyways, based on that criteria but yeah i think with the poise is just on a different level too people forget man people forget that before all these other guys sam howell was being looked at as a first round potential pick man before and these early early mock drafts during the season so that's one thing yeah absolutely right on that one hey a quick question if you had to put a grade on sam howell's arm and his legs what would you grade the arm strength and the running ability so we're going to put the running ability just behind Kenny Pickett and uh, the Liberty quarterback, uh, Malik Willis. We're just going to put him a little bit behind there. Now, do I think he's a faster running than them? Uh, runner, excuse me, than them? No, he's not a faster runner. But this guy, like I was saying, he's thick from the legs, man. And that's important. You're thick from the legs. You know, he's big. Uh, he's big in that sense that he can really get down and he can run, man. I think that, like I was saying, that red zone that red zone presence that he brings to be able to run it in from close. It's huge. It's one of those things that goes completely mismatched. Uh, his throwing ability. I'm going to put it just at a B minus. And I don't know if I'm being too nice with it, but I'm going to have to go B minus man. Just B minus. Uh, okay. B minus, but I might be being a little bit too nice. Uh, the throwing motion is what gets me. Um, yeah the usage of the shoulder like i was explaining a little bit before that gets me to um that makes me feel like man if you're doing that and your quarterback mechanics are all off in that way in the nfl not gonna last 
It's just not going to happen. Um, can he learn it? Can he adapt? I think so. At 21 years old, like I was saying, he's one of the most adaptable guys in the draft. I think so. So I'm going to yeah. go a cool B minus. <laughs> and then his running ability, second to none, below Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis. Okay. So that's Sam Howell for you in a nutshell. Got a tough crowd here, but that's okay. <laughs> Moving on down, <laughs> Jonathan, your cord, your QB3. QB3 off the board. Here we go. Malik Willis, quarterback, Liberty. Now I know Malik Willis is a good human being because I've seen the videos just like everybody else. It makes me want to draft him, and I don't even have an NFL team. I like guys like that. They are good people. (laughs) You see him at his pro day. You see him talking about, oh, you know, I think it's good that the attention's here for me, but I'm even happier for my teammates. How could you not go on a guy like that on your team? Let's get to a little bit of the pros with Malik Willis. His arm. I put times two. It's it's above average. It's above average. He's slinging the rock. And I mean slinging it. Now, with that being said, his throwing motion, perfect. I see no NFL red flags on his throwing motion from Malik Willis. The deep bomb make whenever you see that ball just soar in the air it makes you say bombs away (laughs) oh yeah it's like it's like chaos yeah that thing is coming out fast it's a rocket dude he's an athlete he's an athlete and i think he's a gifted runner now i think if malik willis wasn't so good at throwing the football i actually am one of those people that think that malik willis can be a running back that's how good he was when he was running the uh, running the rock. Now, I'm not necessarily going to say in a straight line, is he going to be faster than a guy like Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral because those guys are quick. And there's a lot to it as well that, you know, because I think Malik Willis knows that he's not as fast in a straight in line for speed, not necessarily say he doesn't have good acceleration because he didn't run the 40 at the NFL draft, uh, uh, the draft, excuse me, the combine. And I think he knows. So he knows what everybody else is thinking. He's like, okay, you know, I'm not the fastest, but hey, this guy sets up blocks like a running back. Like I'm telling you, if he wasn't so good at throwing the rock, this guy's a running back. His ability to break open arm tackles on guys in college at Liberty is almost second to none. It's second to none. I'm telling you, you have to watch the film. The size he has on him as well. The good person, the good teammate. It, it says a lot to me for Malik Willis, I think, as a guy, to some of the pros. Now, remember, the draft class isn't as strong as the other ones. So I got a lot of I got a lot of cons, unfortunately, for Malik Willis. I, like a lot of other guys, would be shocked if Malik Willis was a top 10 pick. I'm sorry, I'd be shocked if he was a top 10 pick. His pocket climbing is below average. It is. I've seen the tape. Anybody can attest to it on the all-22s, and even in his highlights that people might watch, his climbing the pocket isn't as good. It's below average. The taking unnecessary sacks, I like to point to the old Miss game where he took a ton of unnecessary sacks, a ton of them. The lack of touch and game time. Hey, we need to get that touch on the ball a little bit better, Malik Willis. That has to be a lot better. That can't be where it's at right now. It's not going to cut it in the NFL game today. Um. The accuracy when scrambling, it plummets. It plummets when he's scrambling. You got to be able to throw at least an average ball when you're on the run. And with a guy like Malik Willis that likes to use his athleticism, like I know Trey Lance likes to use his his athleticism, 
it, it plummets, man. It has to be a lot better. The, his his ability to read defenses, and I'm not going to necessarily blame him on this one. I'm just going to say that Liberty's offense isn't one of those powerhouse offenses. So I think that his ability to read the defense is not going to be as high as some of the other guys. But when you look at some of the physical attributes that he has to his name, I think Malik Willis is your guy, man. Um, now, with that being said, like I was saying, he's not a year one guy. He's not a year one guy. He's not going to come in. He's not going to play. Now, I know a lot of people are saying that he might go as high as six to Carolina or even as high as two to Detroit. I'm just not saying it. I see him going to Seattle at nine and above. I'd be shocked if Seattle takes him at nine. I'd be shocked if they stayed with that pick and didn't trade back to try to get him. He could slip beyond Pittsburgh at 20. Now, I think if Pittsburgh takes him at 20, you know, even with his, uh, Pittsburgh taking Mitchell Trubisky, I think that's a solid uh, that's a solid destination for Malik Willis. I know he's met with Mike Tomlin and some of the other guys, but anything above that, that's a luxury pick. When you think about all the teams that are picking above 20, you know, uh, for a guy like Malik Willis. Um, I don't see him going two to Detroit. Like I was saying, I'd be shocked if he was in the top 10. Like some of the other guys, I'd be shocked. Man, I think you're a small school hater. I I, I really think so. Because <laughs> especially with Sam Howell coming from North Carolina. Oh, not a football school. Don't care. Because uh, I can, I, I kind of see, I think, who your top two quarterbacks are going to be now. And those are both more football-oriented schools. But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Malik Willis, I will say I, I totally agree with you on the fact that in my notes, I also do not have the fact that he puts great touch on balls. Uh, I did not see that in his game when I was watching him. What I do have in my notes, though, is he has a cannon for an arm, can make off-platform throws, which is what you know GMs, scouts love to see, right? And then yeah. tremendous acceleration, change of direction. See, uh, one little tidbit I would have to add is he seems just a little quick to leave the pocket and he doesn't keep his eyes always down the field and looking to make that yeah. throw. It's kind of like Kyler Murray. You'll see him scramble, leave the pocket, but he still always has his eyes down the field, especially like on that yeah. Hale Murray play uh, to DeAndre oh, yeah, Hopkins. Yeah. That game. Like, like that's the best example I can think of right off the bat. But yeah, that's Absolutely. Kyler Murray's game. Uh, Malik Willis doesn't quite have that yet in his game. Uh, what did you were you able to make a comp for Malik Willis? Malik Willis's talent alone, it could it can it can go either way, man. I mean, I mean, a lot of people are gonna have are a lot of people are really high on him, like we were talking about. Two to Detroit, that's super high for me. That is very high. An NFL comp for Malik Willis, we've seen a ton of guys like Malik Willis. I don't have a direct comp. You know, I'm not going to compare him to one of these NFL guys because that's how unique he is. You know, you want to say, hey, you know, he can find the open field, like you said, like Kyler Murray, where he's just a gifted runner, you know? Yeah. This arm ability that he has, he can come in and be top 10 in throwing alone. Bombs away, like I was saying. I don't have a direct NFL comp. What do you got? Uh, I will, I do say I, I'm kind of in the same position as you. I think he's a super unique talent. We haven't seen a guy exactly come out in his mold and in his play style. Right now, I have Jalen Hurts plus. So I think he's Jalen Hurts, but all of his traits are a little bit more uh, – they're slightly better. And especially, um, especially with that running ability, I think, too. So uh, Malik Willis, I think the poise – I think Liberty held him back a little bit. And I think that happens with a lot of these quarterbacks coming out is 
they just don't necessarily have the best NFL-ready offense that's going to, you know, put great quarterback one traits on display or get them enough reps doing these things that NFL teams want to see. So I think Liberty held back Malik Willis, and I think that's what is keeping his stock maybe necessarily from being a QB1 consensus or QB2 consensus. So yeah, for, for yeah. me, for me, I think because I prioritize the traits, I don't know exactly where you are with the athletic traits and the upside. I have to put him QB1, but it's up for wow. debate. It's very up for debate with the top two and three wow. quarterbacks. I, I like him. Top top three in these quarterbacks in this draft. I like him in this draft. I think Again, we got it. We got it. Um, we have to compare him to the other drafts. I think that's one of the one of the things we got to do. Where would Malik Willis fall realistically in another draft? Again, I think this really is going to come down to how he interviews, though, and how teams see him fitting, yeah. and if they if they're yeah. confident in his coachability, and that he they can get him to correct some things and elevate his game in a decent amount of time then that's going to boost his stock. But that being said, I would have to say, I think there's a there's a small chance with the Lions at two. Small chance, but I think ultimately mm-hmm. it's going to be Panthers, Falcons, Seahawks. Uh, I mean, it's going to be in the six to nine territory because of the Panthers and the Seahawks. I think he fits. And then also with the Steelers. But the Steelers, I think they're going to have to totally trade up to get him. You think, could you see any teams trading up for him? Yeah, Steelers. Wow. 100%. Because the Steelers, I mean, desperation mode. We'll get to that later, but yeah. I think uh, I think they would have to trade up to get him. Because I just I think with the trades, it's becoming a bigger and bigger emphasized thing with the quarterback classes now. Like you saw Justin Herbert. The success of Herbert, I think Josh Allen, those guys, and even Kyler Murray, really, when you, you can put him in those, uh, in those conversations in that same group, I think the athletic trades is a – becoming a huge deal and as long as they're coachable and you can correct some things mostly with Herbert and Allen because those guys were seen as project quarterbacks coming out um, there is success for them down the line with a team somewhere so I think Malik Willis has that opportunity even if he let's say he went to the Panthers and let's say it doesn't work out with Matt Rule that next coach hopefully that's an offensive minded coach that's able to get stuff done you know and elevate his game and tap into that potential so yeah Malik Willis that's why he is QB1 for me I hope for Matt Rule's sake, if he picks Willis at six or even trades up for him in the first round, you know, or trades down, excuse me, the first round, I hope for his sake he can make it work. Because if it doesn't, it's not going to happen with him next year. It's done, donezo, cut it off. He had his chance and it's gone. Yeah. So, so I think, yeah. Yeah. That's the Panthers. Yeah. We'll talk more about the Panthers and other teams later. But let's get back to moving on down. Quarterback two now for you. Who is it? Quarterback number two, we got a mini drum roll here. We got quarterback number two might be a little bit of a shock to everybody, and it might not to Jake, but quarterback number two is going to be Kenny Pickett, quarterback from Pittsburgh. Man. If we got Kenny Pickett right here at two, I think all of us can get a little bit of idea who's going to be number one. Carson Strong. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, Carson Strong's not going to break the top five, man. No, 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 no no disrespect. I'm just saying. Uh, It's not going to be Carson Strong. No. Yeah, I can. uh, You're right. I can attest to that. It's not going to be Carson Strong. Unfortunately for all you Carson Strong fans, it's not going to happen. It's Bailey. It's that's because it's Bailey Zaff. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty pretty much. (laughs) Who had a really good year too, by the way. Had a really good year. (laughs) 
Yeah, productive to say. Yeah, you could say that at least. But okay, yeah. what do you like? What do you like about Corral? Why is he QB number two? I mean, not uh, Corral, Pickett. Yeah, Why is it Pickett? Pickett. Uh, okay, let's start it off with uh, Pickett. Let me just get right down to it. Um, Kenny Pickett's the safest pick in the 2022 NFL draft when it comes to quarterbacks. It is what it is. <laughs> he, when when you get him, you know what you're getting. You know, he has the film. There's not going to be any real surprises when it comes to his NFL game. You know, he's the safest pick. He's one of those guys. He comes in. He knows because of the offense that was ran at Pittsburgh he's going to be able to get that. Now, I'm not saying I'm a small school hater, but going to a big school like Pittsburgh definitely helps Kenny Pickett's case. Um, processing information is one of those things that Kenny Pickett is super high on as well. Not even to mention his good size. He plays big. When you're big, you got to play big. It is what it is. His pocket presence that he has, it's great. It's almost second to none. He's good on his feet. I like to say he's a little bit twitchy. He's a little bit of one of those guys that's shifty, and it's super underrated in his game. A lot of people like to look at that Sports Center highlight, the fake slide. He's a little twitchy. He's <laughs> one of those guys that, yeah, he's a big guy, and he can move. He can get around in the pocket. He He's twitchy. Um, he has a good throwing motion as well. I love his throwing motion. I like his mechanics in general. I think that that's one of the things that's most underrated with him. Because a lot of people are going to look at other things or they're going to focus on the bag because, like we've been saying, it's not a very good quarterback class. But he can make all the throws, which is the most important thing. Even when he was in Pittsburgh, he was asked to make some big throws and he was able to deliver, which is why Kenny Pickett is my number two quarterback and he's the safest NFL pick. Now, because we're in the bad class and everybody has cons, his feet get sloppy in the pocket. Get sloppy as hell. I don't know how else to put that. They're very sloppy in the pocket. Because he's twitchy, that's a good thing, but it can also be a negative thing when coming to that. His accuracy, his ball placement may get him in trouble. It's not the best. It is what it is. And there's a lot of reasons why it's not the best. And it's one thing that I despise as a guy that's been watching the NFL for a long time and a lot of us can relate to. And I know Jake knows what's coming up next. It's the two gloves that I don't like. Oh, you don't I, like Kenny Two Gloves. Oh. I don't like the Two Gloves. No, I, I despise the Two Gloves. I don't like Teddy H2O with his Two Gloves, and I definitely don't like Kenny Pickett with his Two Gloves. Now, <laughs> I've seen videos of Kenny Pickett where his thumb actually doesn't even extend fully. So there's something going on with his thumb because remember at the Combine, his hands measured small. Everybody's like, oh, hands are overrated. Or Joe Burrow tweeting out last uh, a couple of years ago, you know, oh, I might retire because I have a small hand size. Well, the reality is when Pickett comes into the NFL, he's going to have the smallest hand size by a mile. So that's 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 important. The two gloves, I don't like it. I don't like the two gloves. His throwing motion gets all out of whack because the gloves are meant to grip the ball. Ladies and gentlemen, gloves grip balls in the NFL. It's what they do. So how is that throwing motion going to attest? His thumb doesn't extend all the way, like I'm saying. It's going to get caught up in the throwing motion when he tries to deliver that ball. It's not going to come out clean with two gloves. Now, I'm not saying to change it up, but because he's been, apparently he's been using the two gloves since his Pop Warner days. But I don't like the two gloves. He's, 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 a, he's, he's an old guy, too. He's not a Sam Hell. He's not 21. You know what you're getting with Pickett. He's 24 years old. 
he's one of the highest um, aged quarterbacks in this class. Now, for his NFL fits, with Pickett, with all the cons, with all the pros, I got him Panthers at six. That's the highest I'll go. I got <laughs> Atlanta at eight. I got Seattle taking a risk at nine or possibly trading down. And, hey, like we were talking about earlier, we have this team that just traded with Philadelphia to move a little bit higher in this draft, and that's the Saints at 16 or 19. Now, I know everybody looks at 16 and 19 and says, really, New Orleans? But who has one pick above pick 19? That's pick 20. That's Pittsburgh. That's where he plays. They're in the same building. Pittsburgh would love for Pickett to fall to 20, and they would love trading up for him as well. I think that's second to none. Okay, so two questions. Number one, do you think it would significantly benefit Kenny Pickett to be drafted by a team with an indoor stadium like the Saints or the Falcons? And number two, if you just had to give him an overall letter grade, like, you know, B, B plus, A minus, A, what would you grade Kenny Pickett? So indoor stadiums. He can play outside regardless. He can he can play outside. I know he can. At Pittsburgh, tough weather. Tough weather in Pittsburgh. And a lot of those Midwest, northern places in the United States, cold as hell. No other word to go about it. It's cold. He can play outside. He can play outside. Would it benefit him going to Panthers or, um, you know, the Panthers at six or the Falcons at eight playing indoors? Absolutely. It's going to help any quarterback playing indoors. Absolutely. Especially a guy with the hand size. Because, you know, Jake, a lot of people come into the NFL and they say, the hand size matters. Who's been leading one of the leading NFL fumblers of the past couple of years has been Jared Goff. Or what was Jared Goff's biggest knock? His hand size. I think I think it benefits him playing in the uh, NFC South down there in Carolina or Atlanta in one of those indoor stadiums. Can he play outside? He can ball. Now, if I have to give him an overall quarterback grade, just overall, he'd be B for me. He'd be B plus because we said that Howell's throwing was B minus, correct? Yeah, yes. So uh, B plus. B plus, we're pushing A minus. I like Pickett, man. I think Pickett is one of these guys that he's the safest pick. Just call it what it is. He's the safest pick. You know what you're getting from Kenny Pickett. All right. Okay, so you think he's going to go to a team that really wants a quarterback right now? Yeah, I can see teams training up. Okay. Um, so then QB2, Kenny Pickett, QB1. I think I already said the name, but go ahead. Tell us about QB1. QB1, ladies and gentlemen. QB1 on Simmer Downs quarterback top five for 2022 is nobody else than Matt Corral quarterback from old miss uh there's a lot of things to like about matt corral and there's a lot of things not to like for example the release is one of those things that are second to none i've seen comparisons to aaron Rodgers with the release with how he's able to just get that ball in motion and almost get it close to his ear to where it's kind of like a dart like boom and it's there his yeah, release it, is what I love the most about Matt Corral. Go ahead. It, what was, what it's, was that? It's, it's because of that release, too, right? It's that he throws a tight spiral, right? Is that correct? So it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful when it's in motion, and it's a tight, it's close. Now, for some reason, Matt Corral is falling on people's draft boards. 
You know, people have Malik Willis. People have Kenny Pickett. They have him above Matt Corral. I like Matt Corral. I think his release is second to none. The 20 touchdowns, the five interceptions in 2021 is something to look forward to. People can say, oh, but the numbers should have been higher. Hey, screw the numbers when it comes to Matt Corral, man. This guy has the NFL readiness in terms of coverage breakdown as well. It's true. He does. Go and watch the film. He can break down some coverages, and the NFL is going to be similar. It's going to be very similar to what he's seeing out there. An improved decision-making in 2022 than in 2021 is one of those reasons why I'm super high on Matt Corral, too, because we've already seen the growth. The above-average arm strength. This guy can put it where you need it to go. May he have a uh, Malik Willis-type arm? I don't know. Can he be close to Malik Willis? Yes, absolutely. Second and none, above-average arm. And I'm talking above-average arm when as soon as he steps foot into an NFL facility. You know, compared to some of the other guys that are in the league right now. His above average arm strength is something of a wow factor. His ability to send, extend plays with his leg. He's he's one of these guys that, yes, he doesn't have the biggest frame. But in today's NFL, are we really still going to be one of those guys that's like, oh, a quarterback can't be small and can't play? You know, small quarterbacks play big. Ask Kyler Murray. Ask Russell Wilson. To be, to be fair. To be fair, Kyler Murray has a lot of balls batted down, but no, he's a Kyler Murray <laughs> yeah, is he a, does, yeah. He, he's a top, he, he's a top five quarterback talent easily. But so. I don't, I don't even think that Murray has the release that, you know, Corral does. I don't think he does. I honestly don't think he does. Even in his Heisman winning year, when I think back to his Oklahoma days, I don't think he had that release. It's why, like you said, it's why a lot of people have him really high on the board. I have him number one. Yeah. I love the release. I fell in love with the release the minute I saw it. I think that that was worthy enough to at least put him top three. Some of these other aspects, including being able to read NFL defenses, is what took it for me. But like you were saying, with a lot of positives, we do have some negatives. More reads in 10 situations? Is that really necessary, Matt Corral? Mr. Corral, is that necessary? You know... And he's been one of these guys that, yeah, he can break down the NFL coverages that we've seen sometimes. But sometimes I, I don't like how he's one of these one read and then I'm taking off and I'm running. This isn't Madden. This isn't a video game. This is the NFL. This is the big boys. This is where everyone comes to play. I don't like that. The highest percentage in RPO and play action usage. Now, a lot of people are going to say, wait, wouldn't that be a benefit? Because he has the highest percentage. There's a lot of RPOs or a lot of play actions in the NFL. And he was the highest percentage coming in in the FBS. And, or I'm sorry, in uh, college football in general. Look. Teams use it. And a lot of teams don't. And I think NFL defenses are starting to figure out how to break down RPOs and play action usage. If you don't have a strong run game in the NFL, that's not going to cut it. So exactly. I think that that actually might be a negative. Go ahead. I would say too. I mean, it, all all that college, quote unquote, college stuff like that quick game, the RPOs, and the play action. It kind of takes away navigating the pocket and getting through progressions, and you know, quarterbacks kind of making reads because the play action is almost oriented for you to hit that first read, if not number two. Right now, you know, it's like I, I think that takes away a lot of it. It takes away the poise factor from Matt Corral, and I think that offense wasn't really an NFL offense, that, and it kind of limited what Matt Corral maybe can do. For me, though, personally because I saw a lack of 
true playmaking that you see in Kenny Pickett's game and Malik Willis's game and Sam Howell's game, for me, it kind of just keeps him down on my board and it keeps me from putting him up there uh, within the top three quarterbacks. Yeah, I think that that is a true assessment. I think that's a good assessment as well. You know, we're talking quarterback draft class. That's not very good. But regardless, compared to those two guys, yeah, maybe. I 100% agree. Um, we haven't even gotten to his mechanics yet. You know what I mean? Um, I, I got to go with quarterback mechanics, man. I know a lot of people are like, oh, God, this guy's going to talk about quarterback mechanics again. But it, they matter, ladies and gentlemen. Simmer down podcast listeners. They matter. Yeah, we know. You're they, a hand guy. You're a hand size guy. We know. <laughs> we know. Uh, hey, I, I gotta I got I gotta say the mechanics matter, man. They matter. That leaning on the front foot that you see him a lot do, that's not gonna cut it, man. That is not gonna cut it. It's too reliant on the arm, which is my biggest thing. If when you get too reliant on the arm and you're on the front foot, that's not what's gonna cut it, man. He has to be level shoulder, back foot, and he's better that way. He has the quick release. He has the arm strength. The mechanics are there because we've seen the good mechanics that he's been able to present. We've also seen the terrible mechanics that he's been able to present. It's the level shoulders, back foot, boom, put that ball where it needs to go. The windup is perfect. There's no need to adjust it. Maybe if they need to alter it just a little bit, maybe. But, hey, that front foot, too reliant on the arm, I can put it wherever it needs to go. Triple coverage. Watch this. You know, that's not going to cut it. We've seen that a lot from Zach Wilson. Ask Zach Wilson how that went. Um, and the biggest knock on him that I, even if he is nine, number one, the reality is he's not as NFL ready to play as Kenny Pickett. Like I was saying, I'm very high on Kenny Pickett and how he was able to come in and play as this number one. His NFL fits for me. The highest I can see Matt Corral go, although I have him at number one, I like to be realistic on where he likes to fit or where he, I'm sorry, not he likes to fit, but where I think he can fit and where everybody else likes to see him at. The highest I got him is eight to Atlanta, and that's not without trading back. Nine at Seattle. Seattle's already had one of those smaller guys that's been able to scramble around. I don't know if Pete Carroll's going to want to keep that, but I do certainly know that Matt Corral can compete with Drew Locke. It's the reality. Um. Now, one of these dark horse teams that we haven't talked about yet, Jake, is Minnesota at 12. Do you think Minnesota keeps that pick? So Minnesota is kind of in a weird situation where they are kind of handcuffed to a terrible quarterback contract. And they just signed him to this extension, may I remind you. And Tennessee, also the same thing. Ryan Tannehill, is he going to be able to lead you to a Super Bowl? Probably not. But no. do we think they're taking the quarterback this year? Probably not. Same thing with the Vikings. But, I mean, I'm not going to rule it out with those two teams, but it's just really hard to imagine, especially with the money. And it seems like it would just be a, kind of a distraction maybe for a team that's got aspirations to win and compete. I like how you brought up Tennessee. A 26, 26 is where Tennessee's at this year in the NFL draft. And I honestly like 20, uh, Tennessee at 26. Um, do I see them taking a quarterback in the first round? Probably not. We got to see how the A.J. Brown situation floats first, I think. Um, oh, man, a lot of these wide receivers are getting paid. And I know A.J. Brown's on the cusp of getting paid. Oh, so a lot of these wide, receiver, these wide receivers are uh, acting up. 
they're they're starting to get a little uh, yeah. insecure about their contracts and they want that money yeah <laughs> taken care of immediately yeah. fair to say that jacksonville might have messed everything up no offense christian kirk but jacksonville messed everything up <laughs> it's just oh, the reality sorry I, I, honestly it is i honestly think a lot of it has to do with okay disappointing season inconsistent quarterback uh, give me my money. Like it was kind of like the Kirk Cousins, Stephon Diggs situation. Kirk Cousins, you have a couple. You you finish the season not where you wanted it to end up, and then Stephon Diggs is like, okay, give me my money, or else I want to go play for a real team. <laughs> and then they did. They took care of it. Stephon Diggs gets shipped to Buffalo for a first round pick, just like that, and then he gets his money too. So I think it's yeah, kind of like got... it has a lot to do with the quarterbacks. He just got paid. Paid. I know we're not talking wide receiver contracts today, but he got paid. <laughs> Stephon Diggs. Paid. Oh, Kirk Cousins, the most ever guaranteed money by a quarterback. Sorry. None alone NFL player, most guaranteed money almost ever. Are you kidding me? Kirk Cousins. We're talking Kirk Cousins. Well, I, I, think I like th- Minnesota. Yeah, I like Minnesota to take him. Matt Corral, I can see it. I don't see it as a day one. But also because people don't have them high on the draft boards, I think teams that, you know, have that luxury pick for the second round, I think teams would love to take Matt Corral in the second round. I, I can see teams loving Like, they see Matt Corral in the second round, and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is our guy. This is it. This is a luxury pick that we can afford, et cetera, to Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a lot of these teams that are higher than Pittsburgh 20. You know, Tennessee, you can roll it back with Tannehill. Minnesota, you can run it back with the Kirk Cousins. Actually, they don't have a choice, but you can run it back with Kirk Cousins. But I do like that ability that they have that second round kind of luxury. But anyways, I think to recap Matt Corral, the reason I have him down in a nutshell is because I think he's a system quarterback. Oh. <laughs> and I'm not trying to put a damper on your QB1. I'm just saying <laughs> from my perspective, it just didn't seem like he had the playmaking ability and that kind of poise, the factor of poise at a high enough level, like Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Malik Willis, I don't think it's at that level. So I think he's, for me, QB4. Or, wow. wow. Or, or lower. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I don't take any offense. Hey, this is what I saw. This is what I think for top five. No, hey, I might be completely wrong. I might have... Uh, you know, I haven't even put Strong on this list. Hey, if Strong is the uh, best quarterback in this draft class to come out, I'm sorry I didn't have him on the list. And, uh, you know, uh, speaking of future terms, you know, in advance, I'm sorry. <laughs> but this is what I think. If they're completely wrong, if you completely disagree, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I like hearing where everybody places their quarterbacks, especially one of the most important positions in the game. So I got you. I got, I got him at number one. I like him a lot. What do you got? Real quick, I'm gonna say five to one. I have Matt Corral five, <laughs> Desmond Ritter four, and then I have Sam Howell three, Kenny Pickett two, Malik Willis number one. And I'm a guy. I'm not. I'm like the opposite of Jonathan. I don't prioritize the mechanics as much because I think that's really correctable. And I think we've seen guys that have struggled with mechanics significantly come to the NFL and be able to fix it and get it done and lead their teams to, you know, the promised land, the territory that they envision themselves going. So I prioritize the athletic traits, and that's why Malik Willis is QB1 for me. And then I have Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell following closely behind 
And then Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter seems like he kind of breaks this idea, but to be honest, I think I also factor in poise. I heavily prioritize that as well. And uh, I don't think with Desmond Ritter, I'm not sure the poise is there. Yeah, I I agree with Desmond Ritter, correct? I think that, uh, I think, yeah, I think there's a reason he was number five on my list. If we compare this draft class to other classes, man, it's, it's second to none. I don't know how many times we can say that, but it's the reality. It's the reality. It's the day that we're living in. Hey, just thank God there's a lot of good wide receivers. I can see up to six wide receivers getting taken in the first round. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, uh, wide receiver is deep. I think with this quarterback class, it's the same way. It's deep, but the quarterback with the quarterbacks, like we like we talk about with the wide receivers every single year, there's a lot of different types of wide receivers. It depends on what the team is looking for, and it just comes down to what flavor do you want. I think it's kind of like that with the quarterbacks this year, and that's what makes this class so unique is all these quarterbacks have their own style of play, their own traits that they bring to the table, tangibles and intangibles and things like that. And uh, so it's really, I think when it's going to, how it, the draft is going to play out is how well these quarterbacks interview with these teams and how these visits go is going to ultimately determine when they get picked in the draft. I agree 100%. I, uh, I think we're going to have a lot of shocks. I think we're going to be in for a surprise. Oh, 100%. Yeah, this could go so many ways. It's not It's not even funny. Like Surprises won't even be surprises because we're expecting that many surprises. Yeah, so. I think uh, I love the NFL draft that does that, man. I like how, uh, you know, you get the little jingle. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah. And, and then and then, you, and then your team's fate <laughs> is decided in uh, 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. There's so, a yeah. future right there. All right. So there you have it. Those are our quarterback rankings for this 2022 draft class. It's going to be an interesting class. And um, hopefully you guys enjoyed watching film as much as we did, uh, especially Jonathan over here. He blows yeah. me away with how much film he watches. I, I don't even have the time that he does probably. Uh, and I don't, even know how, I don't even know how to get my hands on half this stuff. So uh, thanks, Jonathan, again, for joining the show. I appreciate the time and I appreciate the insight and the analysis. So thanks, thanks so much, man. Absolutely. Hey guys, Jake, thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on, man. I do appreciate it. Remember guys, NFL draft, it begins Thursday, April 28th, ends on Saturday, April 30th. If you are interested in the NFL draft, man, check it out. It's a lot. It, it's it's great. It's a lot of drama. It's very soap opera-ish. Yep. All right. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in to Simmer Down Sports Talk. Go ahead. Give us the follow on the social medias at SD Sports Talk on Instagram and at SD Sports Talk underscore on Twitter. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.